Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you for the worship today. Thank you for all those that make this possible for us to be able to stream tonight. Certainly a good to be in the house of the Lord. The Lord has been dealing with me, and I've kind of put a series together, but when um, Brother Morrison spoke and taught on uncertainty, we certainly live in that type of era and season right now. It is the quality or state of being uncertain, and as the children of God, we can be certain through the Word of God and through our relationship with the Lord and prayer that we can be certain that He is our Lord and our Savior and our God. If you'd stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, um, I'm going to start out in Psalm 66, 1 through 20. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be in uh, a series, and I, I want to focus on these next few weeks with a word called rebuild. So the name for the series is rebuild, but we're going to start out with re reignite, reconnect, and reengage. And that's what we're doing after what we've been through, a global pandemic. We're rebuilding as we have started coming back together as a church. We're talking about rebuilding people, not the building. Amen. Today I want to focus on the important step of rebuilding the process, reigniting, reigniting your passion for worship. During shelter in place, we weren't even able to meet worship, meet for worship. And the team that we have went through for a year and now one month, it, it, it was very difficult. And I'm grateful to them for leading the worship when there was no one in the house of God to work, lead and see uh, to be a part of worship. But God showed up in our, uh, in our attempt to bring you a spirit of worship. And so our attendance was zero during that time. And then we were then given the permission to go 25 and now 50% and meeting back. And now we are actually, and we're trying to stay social distance. And during that time, some people have come back and some people have not. And our volunteer teams have kind of been affected. But thank God that 50% of you are coming back to the house of God. Amen. I'm, glad, I'm grateful to God for what He's doing in the kingdom of God today. Because with the people that God is sending our way, He is going to accomplish an incredible rebuilding effort. We are going to see great revival. We're going to see great healings, signs, and wonders. It starts with a passion for worship. And what I mean is a passion to come to church and gather with the people of God. In Psalm 66, 1 through 20, the Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the... And, and if you would, in your homes, please stand with us. I'm sorry I should ask you to do that in the very beginning, but stand with me as we read the Word of God. 
The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Verse, six, verse 5 says, Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He, re, he ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves, Selah. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou broughtest, uh, broughtest us into the net, thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire, through the water, but thou brought us, brought us, broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Amen. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with his incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats, Selah. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare that he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I uh, want to uh, make sure that I set my timer, kind of getting a little carried away here with some times, and I want to keep within our time strengths. So what if I was to ask you to take a spiritual checkup this evening? We're going to pop the hood, the old saying is, and we're going to look at some spiritual levels in our life, very much like we have taught our children in times past, as our parents taught us to check the oil in the engine, we are now checking our spiritual levels in our life. How about this one? As you check the gauge of your heart, how's your passion for Jesus today? Is it the same as it was before the pandemic? Are you more serious about your relationship with God than you've ever been? 
Is your passion for Jesus still burning strong? Some of us need to reignite that passion of worship. I find uh, it, it sometimes we have, I think we've fallen into a place of, of, not sh- of unsurety as uh, the uncertainty has unfolded in America. Uh, God's people has, has come to a place uh, to uh, not be sure of their worship in the house of God. But I've come to assure you that we must rebuild and reignite our worship in the house of God and outside the house of God. I I want you to know I am glad that God is always passionate about his relationship with you and I. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought of God as being passionate about you? The word of God in Jeremiah 31, 3 says this to his people. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The Bible, or I'm sorry, the, the, the Webster's Dictionary says it like this. A great devotion and intense conviction which fuels or motivates toward compelling action. There should be something that causes us. Even through the pandemic, God has still been faithful to you and I. God has still been good to you and I. It is time for God's people to reignite their worship for Him and lift up the voices as we come together and sing praises unto the Lord. God has already proven His love for you and I. Comes a time that we need to understand His love for us. I go back to Calvary. That tells you how much he loved you and I. Uh, But what about your love for him? My question to you is, is how much do you love Jesus? How much do you love Jesus and are you devoted to him? Can anything distract you from in in the house of God from worshiping or in your home when you're at home, sitting at home? Can something distract you? Uh, I've noticed that, that, that if we're not careful, I, I could not, uh, when I was streaming, when I was away in Myrtle Beach, it was, it was just, I don't know that I was a part of the service. I was just listening to the service. I needed to be in the house of the Lord. And as I was needing to be in the house of the Lord, I'd already purposed in my mind to be in church that Sunday. And as I'm watching our service, I'm driving up to uh, the building of where the church is that I'm going to in Myrtle Beach. And uh, this, it's Christian Life Center, United Pentecostal. And, and I roll up in there and I'd already, I was watching the service. I'd been a part of your worship and I'd listened to Brother uh, Reverend McNeil. And he did a fantastic job of preaching about faith. But, but there needs to be a spirit of worship. There needs to be a rebuilding and a a resonating of worship in God's people. Even with the pandemic, even with the virus, the way it's going, we need to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Are you passionate about your relationship with the Lord today? Let me give you a few ways to reignite your passion for the Lord if you're not. I want to say that a disciple will do three things consistently. He'll connect, and he'll grow, and he will serve. A disciple will connect to the house of God. A disciple will grow in the kingdom of God. And then he'll become a servant 
to God in the kingdom of God. He will serve those by worshiping or serve those by taking in a ministry or getting in a ministry. That means a disciple will faithfully participate in worship, both personal and corporate worship. When you're not being seen, you're worshiping. A disciple will grow as part of grace gospel with personal relationship and accountability. It is so important for us to have accountability. We know that during the pandemic, there's not been too much accountability. Not for leadership, not for the body of Christ. We've only hoped and prayed that you were online or hoped and prayed that someone was streaming with us. But I encourage you, in these, this past year that we've been through, there has been a loss of our joy of worship and our praise. We need to rekindle that and rebuild that and reignite it, that when we walk here, you know, there's something that goes on in my head, and you just have to bear with me when I say what I'm about to say. Now, we come and we pray on Sunday morning. I want you to know we shouldn't be praying for the service and we shouldn't be praying for ourselves. We should just be entertaining the presence of the Lord. We shouldn't have to be rejuvenating ourselves on Sunday morning so that we'll be okay to minister or be okay to lead in worship or be okay to be a, a doorman or be a usher or, or to be whatever we are in the kingdom of God. We should be coming and just giving him all the glory because of what he's going to do today. We don't need to invite him. He'll already be here if we've done the work before we get here. And so, uh, uh, listen, a disciple will serve in ministry within the church and in mission beyond the church. And that is he, will, he or she will be witnessing outside the church. He or she will be trying to disciple someone you know, there's something that keeps resounding in my mind, and I don't say that because Brother McCauley has, uh, is, is a friend of mine, but, but one of the things that he said one day in a service that you all had for me is that, and I, I guess I really didn't realize what I was doing, but he said I'd been uh, pastoring him for quite some time. We've, lived in, we've been neighbors for 21 years. Now, I don't know... I didn't see it as that, but he, he saw that I, I was investing in him somehow, or he would not have used those words. Who are we investing in? It's, 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 it, it does my soul good to see someone walking with someone in our neighborhood that is building a relationship, beginning to witness, beginning to sow the seed of the Word of God and of just the gospel, of the good news sharing things with them, encouraging them, building on the, the basis that they have right now, right? And so uh, a disciple will go beyond what we do in the house of God and in, out into the streets. There, is, it, there it is. You must connect, grow, and serve. Take those three words and lay them over your life. Are you following Christ as a fully devoted disciple? I will tell you this, you can't do anything unless you show up. 
You can't do anything on your own at your house watching church on the couch through television, through your television screen. You've got to come to the part, to a part of what God is doing. You have to be a part of where the body has come together. The body, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself. Why? Because God's people, when they come together, they begin to encourage one another. They bring faith to one another. When I'm down, someone speaks the word of faith into me, and it lifts me up. I have another, uh, it rejuvenates me. It reignites my desire to have the power of God back in my life. That when they begin to worship, and the presence of God is here, immediately my hands want to go up and magnify the Lord. So listen to what the psalmist says. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you. In in Psalm 66, 13 through 15, I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices and the fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. There's got to be some kind of an effort. When I go into the house of the Lord, I'm going to pay my vows. I've noticed that sometimes when I've been sitting in the house watching service, I don't know that I'm truly paying my vows. I don't know that I'm truly speaking and uttering and saying things when I need to be saying things. So it means that we must come to the house of the Lord. We need to come back to the house of the Lord. I know you're worried about the virus. I know you're worried about social distancing. But I want to encourage you today that this church is doing everything it can to to disinfect the church after every service. We're, We're making sure people keep their mask on. But we need to come back together and begin to reignite our worship together. Uh, listen, now, at, at, at any time the pastor talks about, listen, I know this, every time I talk about the importance of coming to church, someone will quickly say, Pastor, I can worship the Lord at home. I can worship the Lord anywhere. I can worship the Lord at Starbucks. I can worship the Lord on the golf course, and I can worship Him in a fishing boat, uh, and on the lake, at the battlefield, or at the ball field. Okay, so there's no doubt that you can worship the Lord in a in a variety of places. I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to uh challenge that because that is so true. But and clearly you shouldn't wait until 10 or 10:30 on Sunday morning to worship God. But most people make this proclamation in an effort to justify skipping church. Read your Bible specifically in the book of Acts in the New Testament. You will never find a growing Christian who was casual about coming to church. Even Jesus made it a point to go to the temple. It was a priority, and David says it in Psalms 122 and 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Sadly, I think we've lost the wonder and the joy of coming to church and meeting with the Lord. For some reason, it's no longer a priority for us. I heard of a woman. It's an... It was in a magazine. There's this woman who entered an ice cream store in Kansas City. She ordered a double scoop of ice cream cone. 
when she made her selection, she turned around and found herself face to face with Brad Pitt. You know, I found this magazine while going through the grocery line. He was in town filming a movie. Pitt, sm uh, Pitt smiled and said hello. She couldn't even say a word. She managed to pay for her comb. Then she left the shop, heart pounding. When she gained her composure, she realized she didn't have her snack. She started back in the store to get, get it and met Pat or Pitt at the door. Are you looking for your ice cream, he asked. She nodded, still unable to speak. Pitt said, you put it in your purse with your change. When was the last time that we were in awe of the presence of God? We become in awe of, of, uh, of movie stars. We become in awe of everything around us. We, we become in awe of people that are successful. But do we become in awe with the one that died for you and I? another box to check off our list I want to thank you for showing up online I know it's difficult for some of you to even come in because of the underlying conditions and I want to thank you but I want to thank those that do come to the house of the Lord on Sunday things are happening there is a move of the Holy Ghost starting to flow the church is beginning to grow and, and it's, it's beginning to grow. There are Bible studies going on right now. There's discipling going on right now. And I want to thank those that are coming and being a part. But maybe I just caught you on your once a month rotation or your every other week plan. Others are watching online and you haven't even started coming back to church yet. You need to get consistent about your worship. You know, I'll never forget there was a day my father spoke to me and told me that if I could not serve God in this day, I would never serve Him in the last days. It's time to reignite, reignite our passion in worship and show up to church. We need to step it up. Once you show up, we should... What should you do? I'm glad you asked that. I'm so glad you asked. I know you didn't ask it out loud, but, but I, I'm glad you asked that. It was in my spirit. It was on my mind. But when you come to worship, you need to be passionate and joyful about gathering with the people of God to worship the Lord. The Bible says and it's a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to be in the presence of God. Uh, in 66, Psalm 66, 1-5, through 5, it says, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall, excuse me, they shall sing to thy name. Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in His doing toward the children of men. Listen, let me tell you something. God is doing a mighty work in the kingdom of God. There's hungry souls coming to the altar every Sunday. There are four words I want you to circle in your Bible in that scripture, and that is shout for joy to God all the earth. Do you hear that passionate? 
that passion in that phrase, shout for joy to God all the earth. He didn't just say, shout to God, or shout for joy to God all the earth. There is a excitement in saying it. Shout! Hallelujah! You've got to hear the passion in that phrase. The psalmist begins by saying, shout for joy to God all the earth. Now I know that some people are too dignified sometimes to ever shout for joy. But watch this. So someone comes to your door and they knock. They knock on your door. They tell you you've just won $1 million. You would potentially shake their hand and say, thank you in a quiet, calm voice. Is that what you would do? I, I don't know what, what you would do. I'm just asking, but I would probably be, Woo! Yes! I got a million! I'm going to give it to the church! Hallelujah! What can we do with a million dollars? Or would I just say, Oh, thank you for that million. God bless you. See you later. You... Or would you find out that your first grandchild is on the way and barely crack a smile and nod? Or would you be like, Woo! I got another grandchild on the way. Or your favorite sports team, watch this. Some have left their teams because they've not been so good in their abilities to win. But when, they, when their sports team has just won the championship, so you, now do you get up off the couch and give a little quick clap? Or is it like this? Woo! All right! That was good! We won! Hallelujah! Even for a Redskin team or whatever your uh, uh, Washington team, whatever your team is, Dallas, uh, Ravens, whatever they are. Or do you just say, yay, my team, good job. There are so many things in this life that bring you joy, though. Things that make you shout. Why isn't your relationship with God one of those things? Some of us need to get a serious, get very serious about our relationship with God. I believe God's coming back for a people that have made themselves ready. I believe it's time for us to rebuild our worship, to reignite it, and get our lives centered back on Jesus. He's coming back, and He's looking for a people that are ready and sold out. And you need to be filled with joy. So it starts overflowing here at the church. If nobody can see joy, of course, we wear masks now, so no one can... Uh, it's almost difficult to see any joy in anybody's face. It's so important for us to uh, 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 exhibit joy, unspeakable, full of glory. That old song, uh, we sing uh, the glory of His name. Do you know why we sing? We, we don't sing songs at church to fill time so uh, I don't preach for an entire hour. That's not why we sing. We don't get up here to perform for you so you can clap your hands 
and approve of a concert. We come to lift up the name of Jesus so that the power and the glory of God is settling in this place because everybody is united in one mind and one accord as it was on the day of Pentecost. First of all, we command, we are commanded to sing, sing the glory of his name. Before I want, I want you to, I want to take a moment here. I want to, I want to make a point right here uh, about singing the glory of his name. I love to listen to music, but I'll let you know, I'll let you, I'll tell you one of the most things that you've got to be careful of is what kind of music you listen to. I'm, I mostly listen, most of the time, almost 99.9% of the time I'm listening to Christian music. I'm listening to Christian radio. Every once in a while, back my old my old self will come back and country will come in and I'll flip on the station of country and, and, and one of the things I start to hear is what is being glorified in that country song. Here's what begins to be glorified in the country song. Going to bars, getting drunk, one night stands, casual hookups, losing my wife, Losing this, losing that. So what is getting glorified? The world is getting glorified in that music. Because going to bars and getting drunk or one night, and one night stands and casual hookups are not about the edifying of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is Christian country gospel. That's the alternative to country music. It's singing to give, bring glory to the name of the Lord. The country songs of losing my wife or losing my dog or going to the bar and getting drunk and having one night stands does not give glory to God. It does not. So what does our singing bring? It brings glory. You need to say to God, how awesome are you and your deeds to us? Do you ever just stop? Listen, do you ever just stop what you're doing and look to the heavens? There's sometimes that we have the opportunity to be outside with the grandchildren at night. And because of the, there's no lot, not a lot of city, uh, city lights down there. And you can look up and we'll, be, we'll just expound to them what the beauty of the sky looks like with the stars that are splattered all across the sky. We want them to know that that was what God designed and put there. And we try, and what we try to exhort is, you're so awesome, God. Thank you so much for who you are. You're, you're, you are, and you, all you are and all you have done for us. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome and great and mighty. There is no one like you. There are moments, simple moments, where I'm just overwhelmed by God's presence and I just have to stop and praise Him. One thing that is very profound is when my wife and I were by the, just, it was a blessing. It was by the grace of God that we were still home when Brother McCauley pulls in to our neighborhood. My wife's got a sign saying, welcome home. And he's looking down the street and he's going, look at the beauty of the leaves and the trees. Look at the beauty of the greenery 
on our street. Those were the things that were coming out after being in the beauty of the parks that he had walked. But coming down the street to his home, he was able to begin to look and see what else was glorious that God had created and planted right before him in his own front yard. Has God done something awesome in your life? Has He saved your soul? Has He given you life? I know I say it every, almost every Sunday, it is a blessing to be able to just wake up and still be in my right mind. Has He blessed you in any way? We need to say, God, you are awesome if He has, and I know that He has. We worship you today, Lord. Come and see what God has done. So here's the deal. When God has done something great in your life, you want other people to know about it. You don't want to keep it to yourself. That's why it's so hard for me to understand people who want to be secret agent Christians. Well, I love the Lord, but I keep it all to myself. Like when, I, when you got saved, you were called to some secret spy service where you're not supposed to tell anybody what God has done for you. We need to be telling people day in and day out what God has done for us. If it's repeating the same old thing over and over, God did it for you? Did you continue to give God glory for that one thing, something else will come. God will do something else and you'll be able to add to your armoire of what God has done for you. You'll begin to be able to talk about great things. I found myself talking about not only what God has done for me, but what God's done for other, other people. How He's healed them. How He's touched their lives and delivered them and healed them and moved them from one job to another and blessed it greater than what it was in the, in the beginning. That doesn't make any sense at all is what some people, I had someone tell me the other day, it doesn't make sense, you know, why some of these people are being blessed and, and they, don't, they, don't, they don't honor God and, and, and this and that. And, I, and I, didn't, I didn't say it, but, you know, how much are you honoring God when you start saying those things? I mean, what do you do? Are you praying? Are you reading the Word of God? Are you being a disciple? Are you being a witness? Are you, what are you doing? And so, no, but the Scripture tells me, and this is the Scripture I use, God reigns on the just and the unjust. He's going to bless whom He wants to bless and not bless those who He don't want to bless. I don't understand His method, but what I do know is I'm going to continue to give Him honor. I'm going to continue to worship Him and magnify Him. If God has saved you and you are now headed for heaven instead of hell, if, if He gave, forgave you of your sins and you have been blood-bought, blood-washed, baptized in the lovely name of Jesus, repented of your sins, filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to give God some worship today. You need to reignite that desire and that passion in you. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in His deeds toward the children coming to a close. When I hear the word step up, I think about the game of baseball. 
I remember when my coach in baseball a while ago, many years ago, when it was time for me to step up to the plate, there are many things that are important to remember. They teach you how to stand, how to position yourself at the plate, how to approach the plate, how to, how to address the pitcher, uh, so how to hold the bat, where your feet are supposed to be, be. Keep your eye on the ball. When I played ball, I would go through the list in my mind over and over again because when you step up to the plate, it's your turn to do something. You've been waiting for this moment. It's time for you to make it count. I want you to listen. It turns. It's your turn to step up to the plate. As we move into this series, there are some things you need to remember to do, but it's important that you step up and do the right things. You need to shout for joy because of what God has done. You need to sing the glory of His name. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. And come and see what God has done. You've been on the fence for too long now. It's time to step up. We need to speak up. If you love somebody, you tell them you love them. If you love something, you're going to talk about it. When it comes to your relationship with the Lord, if you're passionate about it, you're going to let others know. As we read, I love what the psalmist says here in verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God. I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Now, I want you to focus on these words. Come and hear, the Bible tells us, to go and tell. In other words, we are to take the message of the gospel to those who need to hear it. You see, both throughout the Old and the New Testament, the woman at the well in John 4, 29, come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. So it's important for you to leave the place. It's important, important for you to leave the place and go tell others about Jesus. But it's also important for you to come back and bring people with you. Have you ever invited one, anyone to come and see or come and hear because of what God's doing in your life, it's time to step up. Did you know because a woman, a woman's vocal cords are shorter than a man's, she can actually speak with less effort than he can. Shorter vocal cords not only cause a woman's voice to become more highly pitched, but also requires less air to become agitated, making it possible for her to talk more with less energy expanded or expended. Now, some of the ladies have a scientific reason for speaking a bit more than the, her husband. But a recent study found that the average person speaks about 16,000 words a day. In those 16,000 words you speak, how much do you speak about Jesus? Men and women. How much of those 16,000 words are used to talk about Jesus? Have you invited anyone to come and hear or come and see what God is doing in your life? 
It's time to speak up for what really matters. Jesus is coming back for a people that have made them It's time to reignite your worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time for the church to come back and be united with one another and with God. I truly love you. And when, I, when God gave me this, He gave it to me because He wanted to remind you how much He loves you. It's time for us to reignite, reignite our passion for worship together. The angels have to do it. The angels stand there with their wings spread out saying, Holy, Holy, Holy. When we come to the house of the Lord, we need to raise our hands. We need to lift our voices. And we need to sing praises. Come and hear. Come and see. Come and be a part. And reignite your worship with grace gospel. I pray that something was said tonight that would reignite your worship to the one and only that went to a cross and died for you and I. There's many things He's done for you that you should be sounding from the mountaintop or the housetop. You need to be talking about the goodness of God. A friend of mine called me today and uh, they're in a it, it was a um, their marriage was divorced and now the children want to bring both parties together uh, her and her spouse and him and his spouse they want them to be friends and they called me and wanted to know how do you do something like that with someone that that stole your marriage and destroyed it I, I said simply this I said are you still serving God yes I said it I said from what I've heard things aren't so well with the husband I said how are you right now how are you physically how are you mentally I'm, I'm doing well I said so there's what you need to resonate your mind Reignite it. Re, re bring it back to where it really belongs and show them Jesus. I know it's going to be tough, but the Bible tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You are still in church serving God. Are you not better than what you were when you were with Him? You're now serving God. You're a witness. Can you not be what they need to see? that possibly would turn their lives back to Christ? They said to me, thank you. I needed to hear that. I know it wasn't Christ-like not wanting to go, not wanting to be a part, not, not, not this, not, not, not that. And I said, look, I, I, I haven't been in your shoes and I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm not telling you that it's going to be a cakewalk. But what I am telling you is you have the opportunity to show that other part what kind of God you serve and what God has done in your life and where God's brought you from and where you are today. 
share your testimony with them. Talk about the goodness of God. When you pray for that food, I'm asking you to bless everyone at that table. God said to love our enemies. That's what he said. I, I told her, I said, God said, love your enemies. He's, he's not your enemy no more, but you feel like he's your enemy, but you need to just love him. People that are in the world don't know what they do. They don't know what they've done to you. He still don't know what he's done to you. But you know God has healed you, and you need to share that. Anyway, it's time to reignite our passion for worship. I love you. We'll see you next Wednesday by the grace of God. We'll see you Sunday as well. Uh, but the following, I have three series on this, and we will have him coming forth. May the Lord richly bless you. Worship with us as we sing. Good night. I will praise you. I will praise you. I won't let the stones cry. I won't let the stones cry out. And I will praise you. Something in me has to. I won't let the stones cry. I won't let the stones cry out. Find me in the valley. Standing with my hands held high, the valley will never take my song. Find me in the desert, holding on to you for life. The desert will never take my song. The desert will never take my song. I will praise you, I will praise you, I won't let the stones cry, I won't let the stones cry out, and I will praise you, something in me has to, I won't let the stones cry, I won't let the stones cry out, find me with the promise. Dancing where you prophesied, still shouting of everything you've done. High up on the mountain, I was made to testify. Forever, you will have my song, and I will praise you. I will praise you. I won't let the stones cry, I won't let the stones cry out, and I will praise you, something in me has to, I won't let the stones cry, I won't let the stones cry out, the longer the way, the longer I'll pray, the stronger the pain. The stronger my faith grows, the higher the need.